0: Well now I've got the privilege of introducing our missions guests this morning. Uh, they were supposed to come back in November and then we had some some scheduling mix-ups, but this is so much better to have to have them start the year off with us well. So would you guys welcome Chris and Jenny as they come to the stage this morning) <laughs>
1: Good morning. Good morning. It is good to be back for me. Um, My dad actually grew up in Cooley City and my grandma swore that her child would never step foot into the AG church. So praise the Lord. Um, It's a fun story always and fun the way that God works in his own way. Um, I then, uh, so I actually grew up in Natchez outside Yakima Family Farm since 1899 and then went to school at WSU. Go Cougs. Come on. You guys are most slick, really. Um, where I graduated with a degree in missions from WSU. Now there is a miracle. Um, and went overseas, and I've been living in the Middle East for the past 15 years.
2: Yeah, and then uh, she met me, and uh, we got married, and we moved to our current uh, assignment uh, serving in the Arabian Peninsula. And uh, we're, we're just excited today to be here with you. Um, the place we live has uh, my my mic feels really hot, so I'm a little shy. Um, but the place we live uh, has no churches, and thankfully we can say now we have two believers in our city, in our region, not just our city. Our
1: well, that's not small groups. Region. That's not two small groups. That's one, two local believers. Yes, not us. Like two local when we
2: people. got there, there was zero. So we're celebrating that after four years of being there, there are two, but we have nothing to, to do with it, we parade, but, <laughs> but we, we still celebrate.
1: Meet, we've never met them. So yeah. um, there's some pictures we have. This is us, our family. And then Uh-oh. we'll show you some stories. So uh, there are many signs that God is starting to move in our city and our area. We live in the Arabian Peninsula um, in areas that are very, very wealthy. Um, and they have everything they could ever need except Jesus. Yeah. And people haven't gone there because they were told that it's difficult or it's hard. And, you know, I'm from Washington, so the, the fun thing,
2: <laughs> The fun thing about the place we live is we call it the land of frankincense and camels. But since your pastor mentioned that you guys are uh, reading through the book of Job, I have to share because uh, I know all the historical landmarks. And our city has one of the three locations they believe could have been the tomb of the prophet job so that's really cool i love the story and i love sharing the story with our local friends because they don't know the biblical version of it they they only know what they've been told and it's very little so um
1: yeah yeah, we are so thankful for people that pray for us. We've had people, and we'll tell you some of that, that were woken up in the middle of the night to pray for us and is literally the reason that our son is alive. And we, people that have come to know you, come to know Jesus, are because of your prayers. We don't take that lightly. We know that you guys love missions, and we are so grateful for it. It, it means the world to us when we come back and we feel like we're with family just because you guys have been praying for and you know who we are.
2: So today we want to do something that you might not have heard other people like us do. Uh, We're going to share with you a story. We're just going to tell you a story. Kind of like what we do in our home uh, with our local friends.
1: In Uh, fact, our local friends now, when we start sharing stories, they say, oh, that's not right. And they fix it and say it correctly. And it's a story from the Bible. So we say, oh, okay. So
2: our our non-believing friends are sharing Bible stories for us. It's amazing. It's exciting. But uh, today, we'll share a story with you. And we do this because as a team uh, in our city, we focus a lot on learning biblical stories, mostly focusing on Jesus, so that we can share them in Arabic with our local friends. Um, And that's how we mostly share the gospel in our city
1: because they've been told their entire lives that the Bible is corrupt. So if we start by saying, hey, I wanna tell you about who Jesus is, yeah, that's not gonna work so well. But if you start by saying, hey, I wanna tell you about a friend of mine. Do you wanna hear a story? Oh, I know someone that had a miracle happen in their life. Would you like to hear about it? And then they start to agree, 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 and then at the end you say, just so you know, this is from the Bible. Yeah. It's a great way to share.
2: So normally we share these stories in Arabic we try to, try our best. But today, don't worry, we'll do it in English but for your Arabic benefit. She wants to do it in Arabic.
1: Yeah, it's the
2: it's better uh, language in the world, so, right? I guess so. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> I have been studying Arabic a little bit longer than he has. Yeah,
2: so I'd, I'd rather do it in English. I'm a little out of practice.
1: Just for you.
2: And I'm not. Qualified to be a translator, either.
1: Neither am I. But <laughs> go ahead.
2: So, uh, every time we visit with a local, we try to have a story ready in our heads before we go. But we try and also be prepared to listen to what their story is, where they're at in their lives, and uh, what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. Um, Another
1: thing that helps with that is reading the Bible every day. <clears throat>
2: yeah, good good push for that reading plan. Uh, we told the kids the same thing. So, we did. We did. yeah. Uh, at the end of sharing the story today, we're going to go back through it and highlight a couple of the characters that we think we can learn something really special from. Uh, but otherwise, we'll just we'll just tell you the story, and you'll have to kind of listen and figure out what the, who it is and what it's about. Um, it is from the Bible. It's from Luke chapter eight. If you want to read it. Um, Five okay <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> do,
1: you need, do you need some tech support back there we're, uh, we're it. okay okay checking. okay so um when we have pictures they are pictures from the land that we live in we are intentionally not saying the country here but we can out there um just because we're live and where we live people are currently being kicked out for being jesus followers yeah so here we go
2: before we start let's go ahead and open in prayer Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us all to this place of worship today. We thank you for the history of this place, the, the strong impact it's had in the in the community, in the region, in the state, Lord. We thank you for the godly leaders that are here today and the congregation that are here. We thank you for the, the impact that they've had in our lives, for partnering with us uh, in prayer. It is invaluable, and we know, Lord, that you are still working you are still able to do more and more and more and we pray today that you would be with us you would speak to us and teach us something new about you and encourage us call us to follow you in new and extravagant ways and be able to know the power of your presence lord as we begin this new year in jesus name we pray amen
1: amen isn't he cute Okay, there was a great teacher who was gaining an incredible reputation across the entire country. He was known for his wise teachings and even some signs and miracles. He was spending time across the sea, but he had been making trips between there and this particular village a few times.
2: When he left last time, it seemed like the crowd might have scared him away because they were afraid of his power. But today, They were excited because they found out he was going to come back. We don't understand why, but he was coming back.
1: Even as the teacher was crossing the sea, everyone began to crowd around the docks and on the beaches to welcome him back. Almost the whole village was there, ready for the teacher to return. The people were packed tight like sardines. Let's just say things were not very COVID appropriate.
2: In those days... Cities had small streets, maybe wide enough to get a small cart through. Maybe three or four people could fit shoulder to shoulder. When everyone showed up for something like this, things got messy fast.
1: Not to mention all the animals. Yes. People knew that just being near the teacher would elevate their social status. We all know someone that can do that for us. They'd be more respected, not just in their families, not just in the village, but being around him. Maybe seeing some miracles or memorizing some of the lessons would give them a better reputation across the entire region. Everyone from the village was trying to get as close to him as they could.
2: The teacher tried to be polite and make sure everyone felt like he respected them. He greeted the elders and then some of the shopkeepers. And before he finished and really had the chance to start heading into the village, one of the religious leaders broke through the crowd and fell at his feet, stopping everything.
1: This religious leader was a man of incredible power and influence in the community. When he appeared, everyone could tell he was completely distraught. Definitely not something they were used to seeing from him. He told the teacher that his 12-year-old daughter was sick. She wasn't just sick, she was dying. He explained that his daughter may have even died as he was on his way to see the teacher. It was all he could do to leave his daughter's side, but he knew the teacher, someone he normally wouldn't be seen agreeing with, was his only hope. He had to keep his daughter alive.
2: The religious leader knew there was some mysterious power that the teacher had. The simple teacher healed the blind, made food multiply for, to feed thousands, and somehow even the wind and the waves obeyed him. And the religious leader just knew there's something unique, something powerful about the teacher.
1: As he was at the teacher's feet, this influential and powerful man began to sob. He begged the teacher through his tears to come touch his daughter. All he needed was just a simple touch to make her well again, to keep her from death. Nobody was surprised when the teacher agreed to see this man's daughter. With the crowd still pressing up against him, they started to work their way through the village and to the leader's home.
2: As they went, suddenly the teacher stopped. Now don't forget, hundreds of people were pressing up against him. They were completely surrounded.
1: Even in this setting, the teacher said, someone touched me. You could hear some chuckles throughout the crowd. Of course someone touched him. There were so many people. There wasn't any breathing room. Even some of his friends, who happened to be traveling with him, said that very thing.
2: The teacher insisted and said, someone touched me. I felt power go out from me. Who was it that touched me? With that explanation, everyone started looking around. And soon, there was a bit of open space behind the man, behind the teacher with a young woman kneeling and trembling in the middle of it, embarrassed and afraid.
1: This was that woman from the village that everyone was tired of seeing. We all have someone in our lives that, when our flesh speaks, this is what comes out. She had been begging for years, and nobody cared to see her or hear her story anymore. Everyone in the village knew about her, but nobody really knew her. Nobody really cared about her. She was all the things the religious leader said was bad. She was unclean. She had no money. She probably had no home or husband. And most importantly, she had no hope.
2: This woman had suffered from bleeding for over 12 years. She was frail, tired, exhausted, and had lost all hope. She had spent all she had to pay for treatments of all sorts, but no solutions had come. Even in her suffering, and for so many years, nobody showed compassion to her. She was completely ignored and completely alone.
1: When this woman heard that the teacher was coming back to town, she remembered the rumors about the power that he had. She decided in her heart that her only chance to be healed was through him. Because of how religious leaders had treated her in the past, she never thought she would get close enough to get the teacher's attention. So she determined all she needed was to touch the edge of his clothes as he passed by.
2: That's all, just the corner of his jacket, the hem of his pants. She knew that anything touching him would make her whole again. When the teacher was walking through the alley, she worked her way through the crowd behind him, knelt down, and reached out to touch his clothes. And instantly, her bleeding stopped. Instantly she was made clean. Instantly she was healed and instantly she was restored.
1: At that moment was when the teacher stopped in his path and said someone had touched him. When the crowd stepped back to reveal this kneeling woman, the teacher gave her his full attention, something that she hadn't experienced from anyone in some time. And he said, daughter, Your faith and determination has made you well. Go in peace, be free of your disease.
2: And just as the woman was leaving the crowd, one of the religious leader's servants ran up to find him. The servant, struggling to catch his breath, explained to his master, your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher. It will be a waste of time. The mourners have been called and all the arrangements for the funeral have been made. Come back home so you can see your daughter again before she is buried.
1: The leader collapsed in his grief. His sweet daughter was lost, his only daughter. All hopes he had wrapped up in her future were gone. He had failed in his efforts. All hope was lost again.
2: And the teacher overheard what the servant had said. He took the religious leader by the hand and helped him to his feet. He said, Do not fear. Only believe
1: at that statement the teacher the religious leader and a few others went to the home where the funeral preparations were underway the flowers were being arranged musicians had been brought in and had started to play the sad songs the professional mourners had even taken their places outside the girl's door
2: and when the teacher arrived he became visibly disturbed maybe even angry he confronted the mourners and musicians and said what are you doing why are you doing this the little girl is not dead. Get out of here. She's only asleep. And everyone laughed again, not understanding what he was saying. But still, everyone left the home, and the teacher went into the room where the girl was lying, completely still, not breathing, and obviously dead.
1: The teacher saw something completely different. Where everyone else saw death, he saw life. He saw hope. He saw possibility. He walked over to her, took her by the hand, and said, Little girl, arise. He didn't do anything else. Just a few words were powerful enough to exchange death for life, nothing for everything, sorrow to joy. With just a touch and a few words, she was brought back to life.
2: Amen. So that's our story. And we love it because it... it, flashes us back to our home you saw in the pictures people that we love places that we love it's it's always moving to share the story you get to see miracles you get to see people come in humility you get to see restoration it's all the good feels you know
1: um, and it shows two different perspectives one is the woman went to Jesus she needed to touch him herself sp- And the other is someone else went to Jesus for the little girl. The father went for the little girl. Sometimes we play one role. Sometimes we play the other. But we do play one of them.
2: So we're going to look at the two characters and just quickly give you a little blurb of what you can take away from their display in the story. First, we'll look at the, the woman. Now, this character the woman who is bleeding. This character shows us that we don't need to wait for Jesus to come and touch us in order for us to receive his power. She pursued him. Uh, he wasn't looking at her. He wasn't focusing his attention on her.
1: It wasn't even part of his plans that day. Yeah.
2: He didn't have to turn his gaze and say anything to her for her to have been healed. She received healing Instantly, when she reached out to him. So we can simply reach out, touch Jesus, grab onto even the edge of his robes, the sandal strap—I uh, say shoelaces—for for modern sake. Uh, but we just have to reach out, and we could touch him and be filled with all the power of heaven. Other places in Scripture tell us that when. Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth. He said, I am sending a comforter to be with you and you will, have, you will be filled with power to do all these things and more. So we have access to the power of heaven to do miracles. And as Jesus calls us to himself, when we come, when we press into him, all he has is made available to us. When we don't even deserve to be in the room, he is still available to us.
1: Are we taking advantage of that power? Are we doing what God has called us to do? Are we sharing with those that are around us? In um, in the country we live in, almost slipped, uh, we were told that we would never have children. Um, we had We have three children in heaven and then i was pregnant and everything was great except the um, capital of our city is currently having a church grow and when god is moving spiritual warfare is real and uh, i was septic when we arrived at the hospital didn't know it and we believe it was an angel that came into our room to to let us to catch the fact that our son heart rate was falling and he was in a drastic situation he was born not breathing and no heartbeat for 10 minutes. They did CPR for 20 minutes.
2: So why we share this story as part of our our, uh, our conclusion, our, our wrap up here is because the the man, the religious leader in our biblical story has a lot in common with my experience through our son's birth. See, this man was reaching out to Jesus, to have the power of Jesus do something not in him, but through him to his daughter, and uh, not himself. And we need to realize that Jesus' power is available through us for, for the sake of others as well, not just for our healing, for our uh, restoration, but it's, it's available for us to do for others so i say that because when uh, she had this angel come into the room and found that our son's uh, heartbeat was dropping i was at our airbnb uh, getting some sleep and she called me urgently said you need to get here the doctor said they're taking me in for an emergency c-section you can be in the or with and when you get here and you could be there when he's born. And I get there not very long after, probably got a couple speeding tickets, I don't remember. But when I get there, uh, no one's available for me to talk to. I'm not allowed in, I'm not allowed any information. I am by myself for probably close to four hours. And when I do get to talk to someone, they can't tell me anything. I Finally, she gets in her, back into the room in recovery and regain consciousness, and we find out all this information. We were told he didn't breathe for over 10 minutes, so CPR was done for 20 minutes. We know from all the medical shows we love to watch here in the States that that could mean brain damage, that can mean... Uh, Blood clots, that can mean so many things. He could be brain dead if he survives. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with him. We couldn't see him. We couldn't touch him. We couldn't hold him. So what I was doing in those four hours is exactly what the man in our story was doing. I was reaching out to Jesus with everything I had. And a lot of times words failed. I couldn't come up with words. I was texting and emailing as many churches like yourselves and pastors and partners that are around the world to get them to pray with us. We had people tell us that they were woken up when right about the time Jenny was taken to the OR uh, and just felt like they needed to pray and the burden didn't stop until Silas was taken even to a second hospital later. So we can reach out.
1: And this is Silas today, by the way. Not Next, this. Sure. this. There one. you go.
2: Yeah. So that was when we went to the Christmas tree farm in November. So fairly recent. And He
1: has no brain damage, no issues of any kind.
2: He's nearly walking. Uh, he's got no breathing issues. He loves people. He loves languages. Uh, he has a local name from his uh, tribal grandma in the city where we live. Who is, um,
1: keeps texting me every week and says, okay, he's had fun in America. Yullah, come home. Yeah.
2: So we were meant to reach out and touch even the edge of Jesus' clothes to be filled with his power to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, raise the dead, and so much more. We were meant to take that power, not just for ourselves, but to our families, our neighbors, our cities, and to our broken world.
1: We have a video that we want to share with you to show you why we want to carry the power of Jesus with us to the Arabian Peninsula And why we think you should consider joining us to carry his power with you to the lost that are around you. Here you go.
3: There are over 3 billion people today that are unreached. They are gathered in 7,000 distinct people groups the Bible calls ethne. They each have their own language, culture, and religion. Each one of these people groups is without churches, without Bibles, without any gospel access, and without daily they perish, daily they cascade into hell, which is real, painful, and eternal. My name is Wes. I live here with my family in the heart of the unreached world. I live surrounded by multitudes of unreached people, people just like you and me, people with everyday lives, families, and jobs. Every day, the lostness is overwhelming. I hate the thought of hell for anyone, and I love the hope of heaven. I want to be with Jesus forever. No more pain, no more tears, no more sin. And I want to take as many with me to our final home with Jesus forever. Living among the nations, making disciples and planting churches is how we hasten Jesus' return. It is the way we get home the heart of missions. Our single goal is that one glorious day, people from every tribe, tongue, and language will worship Jesus together. Revelation 7:9 tells us that there will be a multitude of every people around his throne. I can't wait, but we don't get to do this together. Not until every ethnic has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I challenge you, will you join me? Let's leave our earthly home so that millions of unreached peoples may enter our heavenly home together with us. Jesus is worthy of praise from every tongue. It's time to go. Let us leave home so that we can all go home together.
1: We're not that different from you. We're not some sort of super Christians. I mean... I got my Bible degree from WSU. Um, We just share our lives with people from other cultures and try to share stories about Jesus.
2: Can you share a story with your neighbor, with your friend, with your family member? We all want to go home to be together with the Father, but we all need to take part in going, in sharing a story. In sharing his story, will you join us?
1: We are challenged by our leaders to share Jesus in the first five minutes of every conversation. One of my friends met her in the airport and she said, uh, she said, what's your name? And I told her, I go by a different name there, but, and I said, what's your name? She said, I have a very American name. I said, what is it? She said, my name's Sarah. I said, that's not an American name. That's a biblical name. And then I said, do you want to read a story about your name? How simple is it to share Jesus? How simple is it to have an opportunity to put the Bible in front of someone? And she read it, she loved it, and she wanted to know more. That's what the people around us are hungry for right now. Thank you, Pastor.
0: Man, I love hearing the stories of what God is doing around the world. And we are so blessed to have missions partners just like these guys all over the world that God is using to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm going to have the worship team go ahead and join me up on stage. And in just a moment, we're going to receive an offering for these guys because we want to help partner with them as they take the gospel around the world. But also, I want us to be challenged today that it's not just about something that's happening in the Arabian Peninsula, but but this is something that God wants to do here in Moses Lake. That God wants each and every one of us to take this challenge up, to say, can I share the gospel with somebody? All of you in your workplaces, in your families, in your friend groups, you have people that you interact with weekly that don't know Jesus. And so what we want to do today is we want to we want to give to support them, but also we want to pray that God would give each of us a name, a person, somebody that we're going to talk to, somebody that we're going to introduce Jesus to, somebody that we're going to invite to church, somebody that we can take the gospel to them. Because God didn't call us to stay and to be filled, God called us to go, and that's our challenge this year is to go and to spread the gospel to all the corners of the earth. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, thank you for uh, for for Chris and for Jenny, Lord, and for their ministry. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would have your hand upon them. And Lord, God, I pray for each and every one of us, God, that we would feel... Um, this urgency like we watched in the video God to to see people through your eyes God to know that they're lost to know that they're hurting and to know that there's hope for them and so God I pray that you would just work in us in Jesus name amen